Top 6 Gateway to Heavier Games. That is a terrible title. It is, but it tells you exactly what it is. It is, but it just doesn't exactly flow off the tongue, it doesn't. does it? And no. So boo on us for not coming up with something witty. <laughs> I mean, it's descriptive, yes. right? So at least there's that. Yeah, people don't really man. care about the title. They want to know what's inside it. I, so I, they can start yelling at us and telling us that we're wrong. Uh, how wrong we are. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I, I fully expect that there's going to be plenty of that with this. this yep, should be, this especially should be mine. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think both of ours, to be honest. And uh, so full disclosure, about two minutes before we started recording is actually when we swapped what is on whose list. Mm-hmm. So we don't have like any thoughts written down for the other side's list. Nope. But it should be fun, I think. this should be Plus, there should be some amount of surprise in this, I think, yes. right? And the only reason we even swapped the info was for the simple fact that this way we know where to talk about yes. what game and whatever. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but the prep for this has been truly, it's been going on for weeks, even though it's just a, I, I say silly top six, but a silly top six for the simple fact that I feel like we need to get this right. Mm-hmm. It, like I feel pressure, pressure about, sure. about getting this right, so to yeah, speak, which is silly because it's just our opinion on this. But our opinion is kind of held in regard right. in some and places. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and definitely which is not weird. in others. No. <laughs> not at all in others, but. So I don't know about you. I started from a list of about 30 games or so. Like I came like, could it be maybe even remotely? Sure. And so then it all whittled down from that. All right. Mine did not. I'm jealous because that makes it easier, I would think. Yeah, I just, I kind of had to, like the first five came to me pretty quickly. I had to kind of search for the sixth, but, and, and they're not in that order either. Okay. And for me, I I now understand why people do top tens as opposed to top sixes, because with either top, top ten, either top five or top ten, that six is hard. It really is either cutting it down mm-hmm. to six or filling up. Yeah. Right. And in this case, I would have been real happy with a top ten. But you know what? This is heavy cardboard. We rate on a one to six scale. Hence the top six. That's right. All right. Here's how I went about selecting the games that I did. All right. All so right. kind of a like dis not disclaimer, but just an FYI. overview. Yeah. So not all of them are specifically heavy games. It makes I thought of this as kind of stepping stones to get into heavier gaming. Uh-huh. Similar for you? Yeah, I would think so. Um mine though, I kind of focused some of them at least on, hey, this will be a good way to teach you how to do blank. Or this is a good one to show you how this works or that works. Okay. And and mine, I definitely had a mix of mechanisms intentionally mm-hmm. placed because there there were actually, there is a game or two in here that I would have put in as, oh, wow, that would be awesome. But I already got a game in there that kind of does exactly that. Gotcha. So, eh, moving on. Also, all the games on my list have relatively low rules complexity with a focus on the depth of gameplay. All have some level of depth, but they're probably all going to take repeated plays to be yeah. able to find that depth, which is kind of the hallmark for a heavier game. And so I really wanted to focus on that yeah, with mine. That's fair. I think mine, there are maybe one or two that are like that, that it may take you a few plays, but the rest of them, it shouldn't, it's, they're not heavy, but they're not, you know. Filler. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. And last but not least, 
I want to clarify that these are not necessarily the flag bearers for a given mechanism, but they do a great job with those nonetheless. Remember, this isn't a best games of a, of a given mechanism. This isn't the best worker placement games right. or anything like that. Simply great entry points for heavier gaming. That we feel will help you yeah. if you're so, just trying to break into this. Yeah, and I, I think I, I had fun with this. So ladies first. All right, my number six is Yato. It's uh, designed by Thomas Vanda Ginst and Wolf Planke and published by Pandasaurus, among others. I chose this one because there's so many different paths to victory. It helps with learning to not stick to your one and only option. It makes you maybe change gears in the middle of what you're doing. And it's also a good take that game because it and that means you need to make sure that you don't allow your opponents to complete the missions that they need and want to, but all the while making sure you can complete yours. I I think that's a really good choice now that you mention it, because I'll be honest, it, it didn't make my 30 or so whatever. Well, it, and the reason why it did for me, honestly, was because our best friend, Jody, came down from Canada with his brother a few years ago, and they were like, let's do this board game thing, because you, you guys are really into it, and we want to try. So, Which neither of them are board gamers. They're oh, poker players. Right. Professional yes. poker players. Correct. So um, we played we played a game, and then they were like, let's do a little bit something meatier. So then we did Yato. And so... And they and then Jeremy like for two days was talking about what he should have done. So that's what made me pick that. That that makes a total sense. It's definitely uh, like Lords of Waterdeep plus, right? It's yeah. the next step for that type of game, the yeah. recipe fulfillment and all that. And it does have some take that. It's a longer game. It's a heavier game. Good call. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. So number six for you, Yado. All right, my number six. Forged in Steel, designed by Wade Broadhead and published by Nightworks. It's about the founding of Pueblo, Colorado, mm-hmm. so kind of partial to it a little bit in that yeah. respect, right? But it's also a great mix of a CDG or a card-driven game. It has some area majority. It has an action point allowance system, all of which are used in Bigger Brother games. So a fair bit of take that, just like yeah. your number six. Yeah. And it has tons of player interaction. And a lot of heavier games are going to have more and more player interaction as players compete against one another with the game trying to, in a lot of cases, get out of the way and simply giving players a boundary from which to, to fight it out, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. to speak. So you look at Twilight Struggle. Washington's War, 1960, The Making of the President, and a whole bunch of others, CDGs, right? Right. Card-driven war, or a lot of times it's card-driven war games. But in this case, card-driven games in general, all of those have kind of a similar feel in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways to Fortune and Steel. But I felt that for an entry point, I thought Fortune and Steel Mm -hmm. was a really, really good choice. Of all the games on my list... I will say that this one has the most randomness and the most amount yeah, of chaos yeah. in it. But yeah, I thought fit here really well. Mm-hmm. And it was one that I wavered on quite a bit. <laughs> but I think ultimately I feel pretty good having it as my number six. So, All right. And aren't the cards multiple use? They are. To so where you can either use them as the that, event or the... Uh, like Man, the action points uh, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically the command uh-huh. value, yeah. which is what it is in most war games. Right. Here I think it's municipal muscle. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, you you learn to, to 
okay, the event's awesome, but I really need these yeah, points it, to be the action points. Teaches you to selection. weigh those things. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think it does a really good job of that. Definitely. So my number six, forged in steel. So we'll just snake draft it kind <laughs> of, right? So my number five, I almost didn't put on here because it's a shorter game, but I don't feel like that should necessarily be detrimental. Not at all. And so my number five is Chicago Express, or originally Wabash Cannonball, designed by Harry Wu <coughs> and published by Winsome Games as Wabash Cannonball and uh, published it by Queen Games as Chicago Express. Simple rules, tremendous amount of depth, though. Yeah. Arguably the most opaque game that's on this list. It's going to require p- repeated plays to to even really grasp that there is depth there because on the surface it looks like a just a stupid simple game and then as you get deeper and deeper into this game you understand the layers that this game is going to offer it's a great intro for shared incentives and share valuation which take an 18xx this is an awesome stepping stone onto that I, I read it described, this was awesome, as having, quote, parasitic and mutualistic player interaction. Parasitic, wow. Right, because you're leeching off of one another yeah. and, and being able to hurt the host. Because if somebody is invested in a in a company and you also invest in that, you're lowering... You're taking money away from them. You're lowering their dividends that's that true. they're getting, right? So. I, I really dug that. When I read that, I was like, yeah, that's a really, really good description of that. Mm-hmm. Zero luck, zero randomness, and the epitome of what I described, the above game giving the players a space in which to directly fight it out and see who, who can who can win. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I thought Chicago Express, even though with reasonably experienced players, you're looking at a 45-minute game. Yeah. I thought this this deserves a spot on this list it's a good one. and it's widely available so yeah there's that. that's always that's always good it's always on amazon right so yeah i don't really have anything to add okay all right <laughs> so my number five chicago express and my number five is later in your top six all right so go on to number four ma'am my number four is puerto rico by andrea Safarth, published by Aaliyah, among you know everyone else <laughs> right um this game this game is great because there's no there's there's no like extraordinarily excruciatingly difficult decisions to make. There's not too many decisions every turn, but it's also a step up in learning to plan ahead for a goal. Like you know that at the end of the game you want to have all of your plantations full or whatever. You know that, so you need to start planning from the very beginning all the way through. Um, and there's also an app for the game. So that might help you get a leg up. Okay, you know? fair point. And Puerto Rico is a classic for a reason, right? Exactly. It's it's a beautiful game. You can play it with brand new people or you can play it with people that have played it 400 times as long as they don't tell you what to do. <laughs> I was just going to say it does suffer from that. But again, if you're coming into this as, oh, hey, I normally play lighter games, there's no reason... I. It's a classic for a reason, yes. right? There's a reason it stands the test of time. Now, mm-hmm. I do know that there are some people out there that are like, no, no, after this, you're supposed to take that And that's that why I said make sure. Right. So, don't, A, 
don't be that person, right. especially if you're trying to introduce especially, new players. Yeah, especially. Into, yeah, that, come don't, on now. Don't be that person. Yeah. But yeah, Puerto Rico, amazing, and it just barely missed the cut on All mine. Right. I, again, if I had a top 10, it's definitely right. in there. Right. All right. And the only reason it's not is because I have something else that kind of does some of the similar things that Puerto Rico does. All right. And that's my number four, Puerto Rico by Andrea Seyfarth. All right. So my number four, and probably not a big surprise that it belongs on this list, just whether or not it was going to be on this list, is Seki Gahara, designed by Matt Calkins and published by GMT Games. Awesome intro into war games and specifically block war games. Relatively simple to learn, oodles of depth. I mean, you and I still have plenty oh, of yeah. learning to do on this game. Has diceless combat, so you're playing cards, which mm -hmm. if you're coming from, say, a Euro background, it's going to yeah. feel Euro-y in mm -hmm. that respect. It has an awesome aesthetic, and the card and gameplay melds really well with the theme. And it just looks awesome on the mm -hmm. table. It does. It, it does. really does. And again, the card play is mechanically simple, but the depth of the card play, we're still learning you know what all there is in Seki Gahara. It was amazing to see this game getting played at really, really high levels at WBC. Yes. And even with newer players playing at WBC, mm -hmm. watching just the camaraderie come together around the game, like it wasn't all about just beating somebody down. No, it was literally spending the entire game, the entire day playing Seki Gahara over and over and over and, and over if and you advance. with the designer and just mm -hmm. having a good time. Yeah. And that just kind of exemplifies like this is an awesome yes. gateway into that. So yeah. if either Japanese history interests you yes. or wargaming might be interest mm -hmm. you or you're curious about uh, curious how about diceless a, diceless combat or if you're curious work. about a block war game there just, you go there's many things that this can this many boxes that this can check off exactly so my number four seki gahara which then leads us i guess to my number three we're snaking so yeah that's my number three i had to find a way to put a splatter on here well, didn't i yeah all right, so my number three, The Great Zimbabwe, designed by Jeroen Dauman and Joris Veersinger and published by their company, Splatter Spelling. Unique blend of pickup and deliver, auctions, route building, and variable player powers. It has the lowest rules head overhead of any of the big Splatter mm -hmm. games. Any big six, yeah. Set your own victory point goal with the player powers that the player selects in a sense it treats victory points kind of as a as a type of currency. Mm -hmm. The more powerful uh, special abilities that you get, mm -hmm. then the harder it's the harder going it to be to win, to win because yep. your your victory point uh, tracker actually gets pushed further away. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I get this really awesome, you know, craftsman or this really awesome god, and it moves my victory point marker four more points. So now you only need say. 22 and i need 26 something like that mm -hmm. and i think that's i don't know of many other games that do that i think that's really an exciting mechanism within the game the turn order is distribution of wealth mm -hmm. which again that isn't seen in a whole lot of places and the game is more about limiting what your opponents can do and exploiting your opponent's actions rather than necessarily always maximizing your own mm -hmm. actions and I feel like that's a real hard concept or a very 
different concept than a lot of the engine builders that a lot of Euro players are familiar with. The fact that, okay, this isn't the best move for me, but it's the best move for me in a sense that it limits the other players at Mm -hmm. the table. And so I benefit more from that than I would, even though this other thing would benefit me more on the surface. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, I am not necessarily sure that I agree because whenever you get to the next level of you have to have this and this and they both have to go here, whenever you get to that point, it's even confusing for me sometimes. And I think that that's fair, but I don't think that all of these have to be super simple games either. I... I hear what you're saying because that is the one that was my one apprehension of putting it really on this list. And I know some folks are going to say, oh, it's really expensive or, you know, because it's a splatter or, you know, maybe it's hard to get. I didn't really take that into consideration too much. I did a little bit because there was one game that I didn't put on my list because of that. But I still feel like for what it does and the way that it is unique in a lot of ways. I think it's an awesome gateway to to excite people, both thematically. I don't know many other Mm-mm. games about African tribes and, you know, worshiping African gods. No. Uh, no. Out there. And on top of that, it's aesthetically, I dig the look it's of beautiful. it. Beautiful. There's a lot of reasons for that it should be on this list. Plus, it plays in a nice tidy 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. It does. So, all right, we disagree, but so be it. And I'm sure I'm going to get plenty of folks out there that might disagree somewhere around there. I'm okay with that. So my number three, The Great Zimbabwe. My number three is 13 Days, The Cuban Missile Crisis by Asger Grenerud, Daniel Peterson, and published by Jolly Roger and Ultra Pro. I chose this because it begins the process of teaching you how to play your opponent's game including not just your own. You have to play them both in order to have any chance of winning. It also begins to teach you how to bluff if you don't know how. <laughs> you know, when when I heard this was on your list, I raised an eyebrow like, really? Yeah. That really surprised me. But you know what? You bring up two really good points, especially the first one yeah. in your learning how to play someone else's game mm-hmm. and not just your own. Yeah. And I think that's something I completely overlooked here that didn't even occur to me. So good call on that. Thanks. I dig that. I would have never put that on this list until you made that point. <laughs> now I'm like, oh. Yeah. Plus, it also has, it's a CDG, yep. just like uh, Forged in Steel, 1960, Twilight Struggle, yes. all those. It's, it's simplified, obviously, which this is a simpler, it's taken Twilight Struggle and boiled it down to its most simple version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, arguably, we're going to be playing Iron Curtain soon, so right. maybe not the simplest, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I dig that. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's my number three, 13 Days, the Cuban Missile Crisis. My number two is Shipyard by Vladimir Suchi, published by uh, CGE. I almost put this on my list. <laughs> yep. All right. I chose this because there is so much planning in Shipyard. You don't have to plan 
only how big to make your ship, but what to put on the ship in order to gain points to, according to your hidden goal. You have hidden goals. That's another thing. Making sure the shakedown cruise is something you'll be able to gain points on, which that entails not only picking the tile for your shakedown cruise, but again, making sure that you have put the exact things on your ship that will allow you to make points as you travel on your shakedown cruise. I.e. plan better, right? Exactly. So this one has a lot of planning. So if you want to really get your brain going and learning how to plan, shipyard. Not to mention it's Rondell on top of Rondell yeah. on top of Rondell. So yo dog, yo I dog, hear you like right? Rondell. Exactly. Yeah, great choice. Um, narrowly missed mine, but yeah, I you you summed it up well. I really, really, this is a favorite of our entire group yeah, here. It is. And I think this is, Outside of it being a little fiddly as far as it's got a lot of little pieces mm -hmm. that you have it to does, put yeah. on your ship tiles and, you know, whatever, like finicky type fiddly, yeah. right? Yeah. Outside of that, yeah, I, I awesome choice. Good right. good call. Thanks. My number two, Shipyard by Vladimir Suchi. All right. So my number two is actually Amanda's number one. So we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> so I guess... I'll lead in with my yeah, number one, which, which was is my number five. Right. And that is the game that I always fall back on as the preeminent gateway into heavy game game. Yep. And that's Lahav. Designed by Uwe Rosenberg, published by Lookout Games, among many others. At its core, you have two decisions. Either take one group of resources that's on offer or go to a worker placement location, i.e. a building out there and perform the action. That's it. You have those mm -hmm. two options on your turn. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to the game strategically and as you go layer on layer. Right. But at its core, two options. Take an offer, go to a building, do something. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's Anybody can do that. Yeah. However, it goes layer upon layer upon layer upon layer mm -hmm. further than that because as you start getting more familiar with the game – you can start looking all the way to the end, the steel ships and the cruise ships. I need to plan for those. Okay, I need steel. How do I get steel? So you start working backwards. Mm -hmm. Plus, the way the random order before the game starts of the different buildings that are out there, you can have an idea of a plan coming in, but you have to adjust mm -hmm. based on the order of that. Plus, you never know whatever special buildings that are going to come out. And the game plays well, very well. It plays solo. It plays two up to five. A lot of people swear it off at five <laughs> as, as it takes too long. But that said, I think it's absolutely perfect to be the number one game on this list because of the fact that two options on your turn. But how many layers deep do you want to mm -hmm. go? That's up to you as you delve down into it. Right. And the, yes, there's two decisions and neither one of them are bad. And either one of them it's going to be good and it's going to continue you on your path of whatever you're trying to gain and there's also there's no hidden information at all in Lahav. that helps i believe to get you get your brain going to okay they have that many whatever oh they're probably going to do that so i need to maybe get more of bricks to you know so it it learning how to put two and two together when all of the information's in front of you helps whenever that information is hidden. Yeah, totally. So my number one. And my number five. Lahav, which then brings us to my number two, your number one, mm -hmm. 
probably shouldn't be too big of a surprise for folks out there. No. Age of Steam. Designed by John Bohr. Or designed by Martin Wallace. Developed by John Bohr. There you go. And published by Winsome Games originally and then Eagle Griffin Games. And maps by various people. <laughs> and oh, then some. Age of Steam. How I love thee. There are so many maps. And there are so many ways to play this game that it can be an entry to heavy game all the way to brain melting and i feel that the original rust belt map is perfect for an entry level game and a one to start to build your heavy game brain up then if if you're whenever you're ready to brain melt Go on and try Amazon Rainforest and come back and tell me how you liked it. (laughs) Now, this does share a lot of the same mechanisms as the Great Zimbabwe. However, the way it implements those a lot of those similar uh, mechanisms, it's completely different. It's apples and giraffes, right? I mean, totally different. In Age of Steam is like you alluded to with so many maps. It's more or less a system than it is a game Mm -hmm. in and of itself. And as you said, there's the Rust Belt map, which is fantastic at four and five players. But there are over 100, I think at last count, over 160 maps available to explore. Now, some are harder to get than others. Mm -hmm. Some are print and plays, et cetera, et cetera. But it's amazing how a small rules tweak can have a massive impact on the gameplay itself. And some maps make very minor tweaks. Mm -hmm. Some completely revamp the whole thing. And that's what makes this such an amazing system. And it's originally a winsome game. And winsome games, the rules are on a single sheet of paper is what they normally come Mm -hmm. on. Now, this has a handful of pages, but it's still rules overhead, very simple. But you have route building, you have auctions, you have... Uh, pick up and deliver it's it's an amazing system yes the one warning that i want to give everybody that says okay hey now i want to go and try age of steam the most important thing matching the number of players that you Mm -hmm. have to the correct map yes we did not have that happen Uh, our first handful of games. And if you go back and listen to early episodes on the show, Mm -hmm. you will hear that nobody, not me, not you, not Tony, Mm -mm. enjoyed Age of Steam. Hated it. And now here it's it's one of our all-time favorite games. Matt, and and there there are, there's a uh, database out there that I'm sure we can link to that has, uh, that matches, basically says how many players you have, what maps to play. And to focus on that. So, again, that's my number two. And my number one, Age of Steam. Age of Steam. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm pretty, I'll stand by this. Yeah. I, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, yeah I'm proud of it, too. So I think cool. we, I think we so, did a good job. So, now I'm curious to hear what would be y'all's top six entries into get heavier gaming. So, email us, tweet at us. Post it in the guild, post it in Slack, hit us up on the website, whatever. Right. You know how to get a hold of us. That's right. Cool. I think, yeah, good job. You too. Good job on the list. That's pretty cool. All right. We'll catch you all later. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Bye.